and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to The Schism. Today I'm joined as always by my co-host Adam. Hello everyone. And we're going to be talking about climate change today, which is getting a lot of coverage in the mainstream media right now and is very much a hot topic at the moment. Ooh, did you see what he did there? But it's not as black and white as the media narrative is telling us and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, the COVID era hasn't even ended yet, but it seems climate change, along with the possibility of a pandemic too... Oh yeah, Bill Gates waiting in the wings. ...is the new thing that the powers that be are really pushing to scare us with. And recently we've been bombarded with all kinds of scary news regarding climate change. But it's interesting how the overall narrative has shifted and changed over the years. Even what we call it, or what we used to call it... Well, yeah, because when we were at school, it was all about the ozone layer, wasn't yeah. it? We never heard of anything called climate change or even global warming back then. Yeah. We the, were, o- the ozone. We were scared shitless, weren't we, as kids, by our teachers and the media and our peers that there was a hole in the ozone layer that was getting bigger and bigger and was increasing cancer. And one day it was going to open up. That's what we were scared with at at school, wasn't it? It was like, the ozone layer is going to get so big that we're all going to burn to death. Yeah, that life will no longer be habitable. You know, people will have to walk out with umbrellas all the time. The sun's vicious UV rays will be decimating your skin. And it was said to be caused by, like, CFCs, which are gases used in, like, refrigerators and Mm. aerosol cans in the 60s and 70s before scientists discovered that they were linked to a thinning region in the ozone layer, especially over Antarctica. Mm. I mean, it was such a big part of popular culture. We were talking, there's even that Eminem lyric in Role Model Mm. where he says, I'm not a player, I'm just an ill rhyme sayer that will spray an aerosol can up Up into the the ozone ozone layer. layer. People knew what the ozone was because it was what you were being taught. Yeah. Like, it was the thing, the in thing about this big hole. Yeah, and uh, look, imagine saying to a young person today or something about the ozone. They would be like, what the hell are you talking about? But it's not an issue anymore because even according to mainstream science, all the holes in the ozone layer have sealed up. It's not an issue anymore. But how many people know about that? You heard it here first, people, on the schism. <laughs> Maybe that's the issue now. It's like, damn, we should have left those fucking holes open because this planet's getting too yeah. hot. No, but it's pretty big news. Like, the thing they told you would kill you and everyone you care about is now not actually a thing anymore. <laughs> the hole has sealed itself shut. Yeah, so even the massive hole above Antarctica, which is pa- apparently bigger than the Antarctic itself, that's how big the hole was, apparently in size that has now shut and that that was announced actually last year that was reported in 2021 but it stopped being an issue for a very long time now i don't think most people would know about that or have even thought about the ozone for a very long time and that's kind of how the news works like it wasn't that long ago was it where the taliban were all over the news 
Biden had pulled the troops out yeah. of Afghanistan and the thing that he said would never happen, the Taliban taking over, had now happened. We all saw the ridiculous footage that we've spoken about many times before of everyone jumping on the fake inflatable plane that we were being told was real, but they didn't show it taking off and all the people supposedly fell off of it. But when was the last time you heard about the Taliban? It's a bit like the ozone layer. They've just disappeared, have they? Like, well, it's the, when it's the in thing. It's like, oh, people aren't scared of this anymore. Yeah, so, oh, thanks a lot for, like, traumatising a whole generation about the ozone layer and, like, freaking us out about that. And then you scared us with, like, the Taliban and Middle Eastern, like, wackos for decades and decades and now they don't even get a mention. Yeah, we're on to climate change yeah, you now. Know, I'm, I distinctly remember the PE teachers in school when we used to do the links deodorant flamethrowers in the changing rooms <laughs> I remember they'd come in and be like shouldn't be wasting that it's destroying the ozone layer and stuff and you'd be like oh shit yeah and then of course you know after the ozone layer like moving on to when we were kind of college uni like a little bit older like in our lifespan then you had global warming that that kind of took the place it's a little bit like Indiana Jones where, where he kind of does the swap over yeah, with, with the, the golden um, idol yeah right was he swap it for a stone or something, right? Something bag of sand. Bag of sand. There you go. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Like they quickly snatch the ozone layer and they put global warming in its place. Now, of course, it's climate change because, as we we'll get to later, the planet it stopped warming up for the past eight years. Well, they, they use loads of. There was things to back that up. Not so much the rising sea levels, but there was a period back in the noughties when we had all those Gloucestershire floods and a lot of people were blaming that, the excessive rainfall on global warming. See, this is what happens. You get these warmer winters and you get these rainier summers. That was like the old rhetoric. People would say, oh, the summers are just going to be a lot more wetter now. Well, thank fuck it's not like that this summer, is it? Hey, hey? Wait. I mean, we've just come in from the heat and it is absolutely sweltering today in London. I'm, I'm like even sweating sitting here recording this. Yeah, I mean, we thought, you know, it's not quite war footing. I mean, we, it's not like we can't do a podcast because it's too hot. I mean, come on, we're not that sensitive. Oh, yeah, definitely doesn't <laughs> warrant the um, crazy media coverage that it's got. I mean, they're making out like it's the scorched earth. Like when they're showing you these like red maps of this heat waves taking over the UK, it's... It's just like COVID all over again. Hide your kids, hide your wife, you know, stay indoors. The sun's Stay safe. <laughs> the sun's on your doorstep in the morning. It'll be there for at least 12 <laughs> hours of the day. Yeah, but again, we were told, just like we were told with the ozone layer, that this hole's going to open up. It's going to be like the Black Hole Sun video by Soundgarden, like sucking everything into it and... You're all going to like burn to smithereens. We were told similar things about global warming. Like there's going to be floods. It's always like biblical kind of wrath of God sort of stuff. Like because of you. Yeah, that's right. You. You and your lot. Your, your the car- sinners. Your carbon footprint. Yeah, but because of you sinners, the world is going to burn. And all the ice caps are going to melt and there's going to be floods all over the world. All the polar bears are going to die. And then you're all going to die. It's like the same thing every time. And it's never the fault of the corporations or, in the case of global warming, the sun, <laughs> that's resp- as we go on to, is responsible for most of the heat of the planet, believe it or not. <laughs> no, it's little old you. It's our fault each and every time. I'm sorry, I'm not the one casting a billion nuclear rays out in the sky onto the planet. So we're, so we're told like some disaster movie that... 
the whole planet's going to be flooded and we're all going to be wiped out by these disasters and it's going to be our fault and the generations after us are all going to be fucked because we didn't take action. But the planet on the whole hasn't heated up for the last eight years, which is part of the reason that they've now ditched global warming as a phrase and are constantly peddling climate change, Hmm. which I think they're probably going to settle on. Which is a bit daft because the climate does change. But that's why it's perfect. Because if you say, well, I don't believe in that, more specifically, you're saying, well, I don't believe in human-caused climate change. I don't believe that humans are as to blame for the climate changing in the radical ways that you're telling us as you're trying to lead me to believe. But it doesn't come across like that. It comes across like you're a climate denier. Climate does happen. It did change. It's changing right now. And you're denying that. You're crazy. Well, it's a bit like the COVID thing. They've sort of put it out in a nice way where you couldn't say, oh, I don't believe in it. So we don't believe the climate changes. And you ever heard of Christmas? Well, yeah, seasonal change. Or like Black Lives Matter. If you're like, well, I think there's an agenda, blah, blah, blah. Straight away, someone's down your throat. Oh, so you think black lives don't matter? Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the organisation which also happens to be called Black Lives Matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why do you think they've called it called that? It that. Uh-huh. You say anything against the corporation, the Ooh. company, the organisation, Black Lives Matter, and straight away it's like, oh, so you think Black Lives don't matter? I see. <laughs> it's a bit like when McDonald's were like, our beef is 100% British beef, and then it turned out that actually the company that they were buying the beef from was called 100%, 100% British <laughs> beef. That's really set up somewhere like in Chechnya. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably like 5% meat. <laughs> and the rest is just total garbage. <laughs> but the company was called that. So sneaky. But yeah, the, it, that's what they've got going with climate change. And also, so it's so loaded, like calling someone a COVID denier or a climate change denier. Straight away, you think denier, Holocaust denier. Yes. Calling someone a denier is almost like calling them a, a like a blasphemer. Or... Yes, it is. Thou art without religion, thou art. <laughs> no, it is like, what, you're denying it even happens? Of course the climate changes. But you're not saying that. No. Sneaky. So there's a great article here from the Competitive Enterprise Institute about the 50 years of failed eco-apocalyptic predictions. And... Modern doomsayers have been predicting climate and environmental disaster since the 60s, as well as today. So it's nothing new. But yeah, there's a great collection of headlines here. And it really does put things into perspective because you realise that they've been trying to scare us with this stuff for decades, saying that the world's going to end from this, that and the other. It never does. And, And we've got some headlines here starting from 1967 saying that there's going to be a dire famine Los Angeles it is already too late for the world to avoid a long period of famine a Stanford University biologist said Thursday Paul Erblich Erblich said the time of famines is upon us and will be at its worst and most disastrous by 1975 must have missed that he he couldn't be (laughs) Paul missed this one didn't he what famine? Was there a global famine in the United States <laughs> that I'm aware of? Would have been more spot on saying that there'd be like an obesity problem <laughs> in the future than, than famine. 
I'm sorry, mate. Especially in America. Yeah, you were far off, Paul. You said the population of the United States is already too big. They're definitely too big, but... (laughs) (laughs) That birth control may have to be accomplished by making it involuntary and by putting sterilising agents into staple foods and drinking water. Hmm. And that the Roman Catholic Church should be pressured into going along with routine measures of population control. Oh. To avoid famine. That never happened. Moving on to 1969. Everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam. Sounds like, by 1989. <laughs> sounds like an LSD experience. So this is from the New York Times. Polo Alto. The trouble with most all environmental problems, he says, the populational biologists, is that by the time we have enough evidence to convince people, you're dead. Okay. It goes on to say, while Dr. Elric is gathering the evidence in his laboratory at Stanford University, he's wasting no time trying to convince people that drastic action is needed to head off what he foresees as a catastrophic explosion fueled by runaway population growth, again, a limited world food supply and contamination of the planet by man. We must realise that unless we are extremely lucky, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam in 20 years. The 37-year-old scientist said during a coffee break <laughs> at his lab. How strong was that Americano? The situation is going to continually get worse unless we change our behaviour. Right, well, look, first of all, he'd obviously had one too many espressos. He was just losing his noodle a little bit in his morning coffee break. Just exploring a few ideas. I don't think there was anything that he had between espresso number one and espresso number two that would suggest anything like that would (laughs) would happen. Especially a cloud of blue steam. I mean, that sounds like some sort of psychedelic experience. (laughs) Crazy. Well, there's another here, 1970, where they're predicting an ice age by 2000. Again, in the New York Times. Air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the next century. The demands for cooling water will boil dry the entire flow of the rivers and streams of continental United States. More stuff in the 1970s. America's subject to water rationing, which we'll get on to later. That even happened in Britain as, as well in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And food rationing as well. Because, yet again, they were being told that the oceans will be as dead as Lake Erie in less than a decade. And America will be subject to water rationing and food rationing to try and stop this from happening. Again, never happened. The title of that magazine was Daily Facts. Yeah. 1971, New Ice Age coming. They're back on that one again. 1974, more stuff about the new ice age. It's coming fast. Space satellites show new ice age is coming. Oh, the satellites have told us. Got to trust them. Time magazine in 1974. Will there be another ice age? Another one from 1974. Great peril to life. Earth's ozone. Now we've started on all the ozone stuff. Well, that's probably just before we were kids. So Yeah. Moving on to the 1980s. Acid rain kills life in lakes. I mean, do you remember that as well? Acid rain. It's the last time you heard about that. But that was something that they were trying to scare people with in the 80s. Yeah, saying, you know, all the sort of toxins we're putting up will eventually get sucked into the clouds. And when it rains, the rain will be acidic. It's going to destroy your car. Going to plants won't be able to grow. Yeah. Sounds like something out of a June film. (laughs) Acid rain. 
You got stuff about droughts, and in the UK that was a big thing in the summer of 1976, yeah. was it? Yeah, they had the similar pictures out on the websites at the moment comparing what the UK looks like to what it looked like in 76. Like the satellite pictures saying, oh, it was this dry and there was this much greenery. But that was one extreme summer. Yeah, know. we even had a minister of droughts. Yeah which we've never had before. There was a mad host pipe ban in England. People weren't allowed to wash their cars. Um, a lot of the reservoirs were apparently running dry and stuff like that. But people just forget about that. Things go back to normal. So then we go into like the late 80s and it's telling everyone prepare for long hot summers. And then you've got the global warming stuff starting to emerge. You know, before it was all about calling, about saying that, uh, you know, saying there's going to be another ice age or mini ice age and then they change the script again you see how much they're flip-flopping so you go in like to the 2000s and you've got headlines like this one from the guardian now the pentagon tells bush climate change will destroy us britain will be like siberia in less than 20 years well this come out in 2004 so we're pretty much there now not quite a snowstorm away from the temperature they have out in Siberia right now. No, no, it's not. I mean, that would be pretty fucking funny if you did wake up tomorrow amidst this mad heat we've had and the complete lack of rain. It was snowing. So see, climate change over the next 20 years could result in a global catastrophe costing millions of lives in wars and natural disasters, major European cities will be sunk beneath rising seas as Britain is plunged into a Siberian climate by 2020. Nuclear conflict, mega droughts, famine and widespread rioting will erupt across the world. Okay. Nice positive headline there. You've got Al Gore in 2008 uh, saying that the North Polar ice cap would be gone by 2013. And, inconveniently, that's still there. <laughs> Tried. I mean, they've given it a good kick a few times to lodge it off the pole, but it's just still... Just in 2008, there. he said, or predicted, that the North Polar ice cap would be completely ice-free in five years. And it's people like Al Gore that have been pushing this idea of, like, there's going to be floods that are going to wipe out the world, and we're all going to be underwater by a so-and-so date, and... None of this stuff has ever come to fruition. And look at how over the years they, it's just shifted and changed. We scare people about the ozone layer. Oh, that's sealed shut now. Can't do that anymore. Oh, we move on to global warming. Mm, the planet stopped warming up on the whole and hasn't gone up degrees wise over the last eight years. Oh, better stop saying that. Uh, let's say climate change now. And just blame any changes in the climate, radical or not radical, as something that humans are responsible for and eventually is going to kill us all. Yeah, so we must do something about it at the moment to obviously change our carbon footprint and try to reverse these so-called problems which actually don't exist. It's pretty ludicrous when you think about it. I remember back in 2007, it was the Gloucestershire floods in the UK. And that entire summer, I was working abroad in Greece. But in the UK, for five weeks, it pissed with rain. It was on the wettest summers ever in the UK and I tell you what those people back then would have given their left leg for a bit of the summer we've had right now outside yeah I thought it was like oh it's a sunny day out that's a good thing no the well, way it's been reported recently is like it's a catastrophe well like we passed the two guys on the street and what they say to each other it's hot it's too hot it's too hot it's too hot 
you know, that, that sun's just too hot. I mean, I just wish it wouldn't help things grow on this planet. I mean, fucking light. It lights up everything. It gives us energy. I'm sweating. We were saying, like, it's the biggest irony that people have got, like, two or three of these experimental jabs so they can go on holiday in, like, you know, 40-degree heat. But then when nice weather comes over here, they're just pissing and moaning about it and, like, locking themselves down. Shouldn't you all be going down to Canvey Island or Skegness, you know, enjoying some of the... Sun on the beach, I don't know. It's crazy. Moving on to 2009, Prince Charles says we've only got eight years left to save the planet. 2009. <laughs> Just 96 months to save the world, says Prince Charles. The price of capitalism and consumerism is just too high, he tells industrialists. Right, yeah, because he really cares about the environment. It's, it's, like, it's like recently, like Prince um, Harry that he's doing the chats about climate change and all the rest of it, is getting a helicopter, private helicopter with his family just to just to nip around on. And if he's not doing that, he's you know arriving on private jet or whatever. Like, these people don't give a shit about well, the climate. Okay. Look at their carbon footprint. It's like, like the things you do don't convince me that you really care about the carbon no. footprint. We've got one here from 2009, Gordon Brown, who was the UK's Prime Minister at the time, we have fewer than 50 days to save our planet from catastrophe. He's got a step further than Prince Charles. 50 days. 2009. Okay. Why did no one refute that article? When that came out, surely someone in an office sat somewhere and was like, day 49. Yeah, mark that one down on the calendar. Day 48. (laughs) When it didn't happen, they should just be like, dung, dung, dung at number 10. Uh, Mr. Brown... Another one from 2009, Al Gore again. Polar ice cap may disappear by summer of 2014. Another one here, ice-free Arctic in two years. Again, that was from 2013, from The Guardian. Unbelievable. When when you're seeing them one after the next like this, it's like, my God. Yeah, another one from 2013. US Navy predicts summer ice-free Arctic by 2016. French Foreign Minister in 2014, 500 days to avoid climate chaos. Just goes on and on and on. But the point being is that none of these predictions ever happen. For the last 50 years, these headlines have been coming out. And it's kind of a doomsday cult. If you really take a step back and think about it, it is a doomsday cult. And something like Extinction Rebellion, all their branding and all their messaging is like a doomsday cult everything about it it's it's got this end of days you know the end is nigh kind of feel about it and it and the buck always ends with us the people the sinners it's our fault that we're destroying the planet and we're going to feel the wrath of god if we don't change our ways and all get wiped out or burnt alive or flooded. It's some real biblical kind of shit that they're throwing our way. Mm, these, and it's, these same people will have like the shares, like Gates, you know, pushing green energy, but has more shares in oil than most billionaires in the world. So how can he be pushing green energy if he's clearly still funding oil? Exactly. He's a, a hypocrite, the same as the people that are flying to all these summits like the G7 in their private jets and have got the biggest carbon footprints imaginable but they're lecturing us to ride a bike instead of drive around in a car or go electric which yeah, is well, just a complete farce well, that we get to it, later. But look who it feeds. It feeds a, a wealthy billionaire who's already got control of the electric car market. Musk's idea to just put the batteries in the cars of the future so he owns the commodity of the batteries that power the cars which is going to make what someone else richer 
Yeah, more, and then you power. look at how they mine for these, like, lithium batteries or whatever, and they're destroying the environment, mm. and they're using fossil fuels to mine for this stuff. So the, the whole thing doesn't make any sense at all. And I believe that the whole electric car thing is just a stalking horse to no one having cars whatsoever. Yeah. They, they rob us of the ability to travel. They start with electric cars, and then once they've got down that road far enough no pun intended, <laughs> they will turn around and say, oh, actually, it's not feasible. This is just as bad for the environment. We're going to stop this entirely. The only people that can travel around are the elites in their private jets or whatever else. It will go from electric cars to self-driving cars to ordinary people owning nothing and, and you know, you will own nothing and be happy. Like, you won't, you won't have a car. It will get to a point where they say, actually, it's not feasible it's not good for the environment. We're going to have to scrap the whole thing entirely. And a, a bit like the World Economic Forum says, you will own nothing and be happy. You won't even own a car. You won't even have the ability to travel anywhere in a normal car or an electric car. Mm. But don't worry, Klaus Schwab has still got the Rolls-Royce limousine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrible charged. So yeah, now they've obviously settled on climate change and global warming and the ozone layer have been put in the bin along with acid rain and the I quite like impending global, ice age. Global warming would probably suit more of the weather that we're having outside right now. Well, yeah, what's, what's brilliant about climate change is they can blame anything. It can be any... It can covers be a, all bases. It can be a hurricane. It can be a flood. It can be. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't could have be a to ra- be... raging spit of sunners in the sky. Yeah, it doesn't have to be just something related to heat or the planet warming up. It can just be any kind of natural disaster that they just go, oh, that, that's climate change. I felt a breeze on my face the other day. You know what that was? Climate change. Well, there, there's even been articles saying that people are having heart attacks because of climate change. You know, in the last episode, we were reading out all the headlines that were blaming everything imaginable for people having heart attacks, from gardening to falling asleep with the TV on. So to, having a full English breakfast in the yeah, morning. But, but they've even blamed climate change as one of the things that is now making people have a heart attack. But there's, there's a lot of similarities between the COVID agenda and the climate change agenda. We were saying earlier, you know, the COVID agenda, they were trying to guilt trip you into, if you don't go along with this agenda, this narrative, you don't care about the NHS and you don't care about the elderly. It's the same thing as, well, if you don't go along with the climate change agenda, you don't care about the planet. You don't care about the environment. You're selfish. You're a sinner. You're a bad person. But the people that are telling us this, and this is the point that most people miss, sadly, is the people that are telling us this don't care about the environment themselves. They're hypocrites. Like we said before, they're travelling around in private jets and all the rest of it. They don't care about the NHS or the elderly either. They've been trying to privatise the NHS for years. It's basically privatised anyway, if you really get, get down to it. But they don't care about old people. They never have. They see them as useless eaters and they certainly don't care about the environment or the planet. And they know human-caused climate change is just a ruse. It's just another hoax, another scam to con people and, just like COVID, take away our basic human rights and freedoms. They're going to try and lock us down, like climate change lockdowns like they did with the COVID lockdowns. It's got this whole wrath of God thing going on, like, like we said before, that they're using to scare the shit out of people. And then they're going to try and introduce things like a carbon tax. 
to squeeze us for more money. You know, try and get us to switch to smart meters, yeah. which is part of the whole smart agenda and cyber grid empire control system they want to set up. But the stupid thing is, if we do want to, I don't want to say clean up our planet, but if we want to look after our planet, there's probably plenty of things that we could be doing right now, like cleaning up our dirty oceans. Yeah. Uh, stop taking down all the trees and the rainforests. Yeah, that you would definitely start with the corporations. Yeah. You wouldn't go for the little guy, would you, first? No. Like the man in the street, you would go for the corporations. They're the biggest culprits when it comes to these types of things. And we, we spoke about this in one of our very first episodes where we were talking about marijuana saying that if they replaced chopping down the rainforest and effectively like the logging industry for plant the planting of hemp, which we know grows back twice as fast once you mm. cut it down, they could be planting trees or, or plants rather than cutting them down. Dear old William Randolph Hearst, yeah, we remembered your name. And instead, what do they do? Ban hemp, hemp and marijuana and stop that from happening because there's too much money in the logging industry. But they've cut down the size of the rainforest, which is so big, it's the same size as Germany, yeah, is it? it's like a country, one of the countries in Europe. It's yeah. like cutting down the, the lungs of the planet, but they're bothered about the environment. Even though that they could change that in an instant by saying, right, right we're not going to do that anymore. From now on, we're going to plant hemp, which, believe it or not, you can make practically everything you can make out of trees out of hemp Put you can way. make everything out of hemp clothing hemp oils paper well the stupid thing is a lot of it is down to the factory farming element of it i mean i know that majority parts of the rainforest that are cut down are used to plant farmland arable farmland for cattle so they can get beef obviously because apparently there's been a rise in the beef markets but you see the amount of meat that gets wasted in supermarkets have we given in to the corporations now that go acquire large parts of land just so they could graze animals on that we don't really fully eat or consume? Are you talking about like the amount of, like, because all them animals are grazing? Yeah. So it's like the, the, the animals yeah. are eating up all the crop, which could be food, for their meat, but then a lot of that meat's getting wasted. And do we really need this excess of factory farming meat? Like, obviously, it's like a supply and demand thing, but... Oh, who, so the supply is well well greater yeah. than demand at the moment. And who created that? Ah. The corporations created that system. Well, we created it to cope with the demand. Or, or did you create it? Ah. They created it. Yeah. So by saying that, that you don't go along with the whole climate change agenda or human-caused climate change agenda isn't the same as saying you don't care about the environment. But we do both care about the environment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've never... I can't remember the last time, if ever, I've thrown litter out my car window. No. You never drop it in the street. If I, every time I had a pack of cigarettes, when I used to smoke them older, tailor-made cigarettes, opposed to the rollable ones now, really. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but cigarettes out of a box. Whenever I used to take the foil and the little plastic pull ring that takes the top plastic off... I used to put that in my pocket. That would never hit the floor in the street. I never just would open a pack of cigarettes and just drop the litter off my cigarettes. No. Hey, I care about the environment. I'm exactly the same. I would never litter. I would never chuck something in the ocean or a river True. or something like that. I care about animals. You know, I care about the chopping down of trees or whatever. If it was up to me, I, I would definitely legalise marijuana and I would be like, right, from now on we're... If I ruled the world... 
No, but that would be, you know, an instant change up, wouldn't it? The same as, you know, switching to um, greener energy. Okay, I haven't got a problem with that as an idea. But a lot of these so-called greener energies, like how green are they? Mm. It's a bit like when we were talking about the lithium batteries and what they have to do to get that. Like, there's always so much they're not telling you. And a lot of this stuff that is put forward as like, oh, this is a, a, you know, this is safer for the environment or whatever, isn't. Well, or or isn't very effective at even producing energy. Well, we look at the the corporations that run through the fashion markets. We know it actually costs a lot of money in terms of energy, not money, but in terms of energy to make clothes. I mean, the bleach we know for white t-shirts, it's like a hundred liters liters of water just to wash a single t-shirt white to make the make a t-shirt the white color. So do you think Nike or these big sportswear giants or anyone who has white t-shirts in their collection, how much do you think they care about the environment when they yeah. know how much one of those single white t-shirts costs to make and how much damage that, that probably costs? Yeah. The chemicals and, and the bleaching. And like making stuff locally, like that's a great way that you can help save the environment because you're like mentioning like China, for example. Like imagine all the fuel that gets burnt up transporting stuff from China and India yeah. all the way here. All those tankers all... across the yeah, right. Indian Ocean or whatnot, up the old Suez. Yeah. So the world is a is a crazy place and a lot of these things could be fixed very easily and they're just not. Why? Because industries want to protect their interests and profit margins and they want things to stay the same. They don't mind like virtue signaling and saying, oh yeah, we care about the environment and we're green or everything we produce is organic, but it's all like... Hang on, what was that? Virtue signaling. Hang on, we're going to lose, what, two billion a year of our profits if we go along with this? No, we're not doing that. What can we do that we lose two million pounds off of our profits? Wave some flags. Okay, we'll do that. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, we always joke that they banned plastic straws, but then look at all the masks that are now littered around everywhere. All these blue masks that we don't even need. They don't even work. They wouldn't even work if COVID was real. And then they're strewn everywhere. They're getting tangled up in fishes and ocean life. Like They're just the same, if not worse, than the straws. And can you imagine how many millions of masks are out there that are now on like landfill sites and out in the oceans and stuff. I mean, it must just be off the chart because I see a mask drawn on the floor practically every time I leave the house. I didn't see that many straws. So as we mentioned before, there's been a UK heat wave and we're in a we're we're in another heat wave now, really. But the the original one lasted about two days, but it didn't stop the media from going absolutely mental about it. They had the same sort of maps that they had up of COVID's coming yeah. with all like the red bits, and there was a, there was a fantastic meme going around where there was two separate weather girls showing you maps. One was from like you know a few years back, and it was the map was just green and had the temperatures on it. One was from very recently and the map was bright red and it looked like a map of hell. But the temperatures were the same and in some parts they were actually higher. So we've not got to the point yet where we're having climate lockdowns, but we're getting a little sniff of it. And here's an article from the BBC where it says, UK heatwave, more schools close due to extreme heat warning. Now... I don't remember that school, do you? How mm. school closing? Because it's too hot. It says here, schools in Hampshire, Oxfordshire and Berkshire announced closures on the second day of a 
red heat alert. Red alert, red alert, it's catastrophe. Worry, panic. <laughs> More schools which fall under the UK's first red heat alert are closing or finishing early for the duration of the national emergency. So they're calling it a national emergency. A couple of hot days. Two days. Two days where it went, okay, close to 40 degrees, around 40 degrees, but... Just over 40 degrees. Now, there's probably people listening to this podcast that live in some pretty hot places. I know we've got listeners from Australia and countries that have 40 degree weather quite often. And you just see that as a nice day. It's not a global emergency like they're telling us here. Not two days back to back, it's not. But parents were told to check councils and schools' websites for further details. And you think, this is just a baby step towards them saying, right, we've got to have a climate lockdown and it would just be the same blueprint as COVID. But like we were saying earlier, they're just going to swap one thing for the other thing. And rather than a make-believe virus, it'll be a make-believe climate emergency. Stupid thing about having a climate lockdown in the UK is the fact that none of our buildings are built with air conditioning. Offices, okay, strike me wrong there. Offices will have built-in air conditioning systems, but the average UK house has oh, central no. heating because of the fucking cold winters. And the the average shops don't have it. When you go to America, they have aircon everywhere. I mean, they have like aircon in restaurants just so people won't get the meat sweats and they just keep eating and eating. <laughs> But we don't have we, we don't even have aircon on the trains or on the London Underground, Underground. which is sweltering. Yeah, it's. I mean, okay, I will admit one thing: I wasn't riding the Underground those two days when it was. Oh, it's degrees. bad. But yeah, lucky we're not in France, where they've actually started their first climate lockdowns. You know, something that was a crazy conspiracy just a little while ago. What do they say? The difference between conspiracy theory and conspiracy fact is. About six months. <laughs> or a matter of days. But there's an article here kind of tearing it to pieces from the Rio Times saying, France starts climate lockdowns. They're banning outdoor events as first measure because of 40 degree heat. Yet again, that's enough to patronise citizens who don't know when they can and can't go outdoors without the help of President Macron, who is loyal to the World Economic Forum And the government knows best. Well, that's just like COVID, isn't it? We decide now whether you can go out or not go out, whether it's safe enough or not safe enough. Let us be your daddy. Let us be your... Yeah, I mean, as if you wouldn't know when to go outside. I mean, okay, example. I'm a fair-skinned man. I know if I spend too... Ginger! (laughs) Too long outside in the sun, my complexion will get burnt, unless I take the... Yes, yeah. the precautions, which is wearing sunscreen or, or whatever. But we've all made the mistake before where we've got heat stroke. We've been out in the sun too long. Sunburn. We, we should have yeah. gone in the shade. We should have put, uh, you know, sun cream on or whatever. And we haven't. And you learn the hard way. The worst thing that's going to happen to you is you get heat stroke or whatever. And you won't do that again. But we don't need the help of the government. Like, we make our own mistakes. That's how I felt about COVID as well. I was like, even if there is a, a bloody virus going around, like... I'll get it and I'll get over it. And it's my choice to do so. Well, you you could be putting others at risk. Not if they stay home. You know what I mean? If they're so paranoid about it, then they can not go out. Well, they can take all these crazy precautions. Not that it makes any difference, but if they want to do that, crack on. But I'll crack on with my life. And if I get ill, well, then I get ill. Since when has that been the concern of anyone else? 
Especially the government. We're your daddy now. We're the daddy now. We've always been the daddy. In France, World Economic Forum young global leader, surprise, surprise, Macron was recently confirmed as president in a supposedly fair and democratic vote. Undeterred, he continues with the Klaus Schwab globalist agenda. The unscientific and undemocratic process of not allowing criticism or counter-opinion is similar to the authoritarian process of approving and distributing COVID injections. Exactly the same. You you cannot criticise this. Yeah. It's like a dogmatic religion. It's like any word against this is like going against the word of God. And you watch people's reactions. They're just as severe as when we were saying like, I think COVID is a load of bollocks. If you say that about human-caused climate change, people lose their shit. You can't say that. I actually had someone say that to me recently. They went, you can't say that. You can't say that. Like it was blasphemous. Says here, conveniently, that celebrations of June 18th are also banned, an important French holiday commemorating the resistance against Hitler's Germany. So they actually stopped that from going ahead. No, you can't celebrate that now. It's too hot. We decide. The appeal of June 18th was the first speech of Charles de Gaulle after his... Arrival in London in 1940 after the Battle of France is considered one of the most important speeches in French history. However, resistance is no longer foreseen in the madness of the 21st century. So it is unceremoniously cancelled because of too much heat. A lot of countries around the world have very high temperatures in the countries. They live in examples. Saudi Arabia, let's use that as a good place. It is very hot there. How do you think they live in extreme heat? Yeah, they get by then they've done that for... They locked, uh, locked in their houses 24-7. With air conditioning. But they've done it. And they've done it for thousands of years. I know. Where it's a lot hotter in that part of the world than it is where we are. Not in Northern Europe. So it says here, it is all about people's health. Official bodies justify the measure. This phrase must have been well rehearsed in the past 2.5 years. Yeah, it's so similar to COVID. Maybe soon there'll be lockdown so that no one dies in traffic. We've said that before, you know, it'd be like banning everyone from driving a car until there was zero road accidents on the road. We suggest not to believe the mainstream lies of unachieved summer temperatures. The European heat record was reached in Athens on July the 10th, 1977, and that was 48 degrees. France is certainly known for hot summers. And on June the 28th, 2019, 45.9 degrees was recorded in southern France. So they do get super hot temperatures, but they've never needed climate lockdowns before. That's now because the idea of lockdowns is suddenly something that's in the public's consciousness. If you'd have said that before COVID, what do you mean lockdowns? You're going to lock us in our homes because it's too hot. That's mental. But it's not so mental now, is it? Because it's been done. And it was done over something that was like the common cold. So why not do it for climate change? Well, could you argue one of the points of COVID was to get this whole system of lockdowns in place? So when something like this whole thing with climate change comes along, they're like, well, great, we've got another reason to keep people in now and take away your freedoms. Put in place logistically and put in the consciousness of the masses. Lockdowns, they're a thing now. Yeah. Yeah, a lockdown for climate change. I, I remember that when, when the COVID thing came out and well, we yeah. had to do this and we had to do that. and yeah. Don't worry, I know the drill. <laughs> it's almost like they know it now. They're like, oh yeah, fine, lockdown, yeah, yeah. I like the last one. Will, will I need my sanitizer or the mask or will I need both? Oh no, now it's sunglasses, sun cream. You won't be able to see the face. It'll be like a big pair of sunglasses and mask. Everyone will be walking around looking like the invisible man. <laughs> Covered in bandages. 
it ends here by saying we recommend simply ignoring some well-proclaimed expert who wants to make you believe that we are in the hottest summer ever just like every year since climate change alarmism came into fashion well like we said before with the summer of 76 it was pretty hot in the uk and it was similar conditions just a drought as well as the hot weather lack of rain and searing temperatures and it hasn't just been in france and the uk president biden recently the biden was on the precipice of declaring a climate emergency. He's been on the precipice of a lot of things. <laughs> His mental health, definitely. I mean, yeah, Biden. These days, I mean, the last few videos I've seen of him, there's this crazy one where he's delivering this speech. Like, he's just been pumped full of drugs. His eyes are not blinking. He sort of looks like Robocop minus the mask. He's, he's so kind of pumped you can almost see like the veins in his head I, I thought maybe he'd like had a hit of Hunter's crack pipe before he went on stage didn't look like your sleepy Biden did he well that's the thing he's gone from sleepy Joe to can't blink Biden you're used to this guy looking half asleep he's like struggling to read the teleprompter and everyone was saying like everyone was complaining about that complaining like they like can we could anything be done about this yeah we can just jack him full of crystal meth <laughs> yeah we, we can pump him full of a lot of drugs and then he comes on and he's like you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop and you're like okay i'm liking the enthusiasm but and the energy but he hasn't blinked for about three minutes I mean, someone actually bothered to count the amount of times that he, that he blinked, and he blinked something like six times. But this video's like, got a pretty long video. And a lot of people are saying, well, that's one of the signs of a deep fake. Yeah. They don't blink a lot or as much as a normal person, so it could be a deep fake. But to me, it looked like this guy had just been like completely jacked up on drugs. But what, what made me laugh is like the pendulum swung too far the other way, wasn't it? He was like, he's too sleepy and he, he's not he's not paying attention. He He's not reading the auto cues what, what's properly. The, what's the public opinions of their president? What don't they like about him? The fact he's so sleepy, right? Right. We'll solve that first. <laughs> Getting the concoction Hitler was on. <laughs> <laughs> So they obviously found the need to jack him up because previously he'd done an anchor man. He'd actually read the teleprompter, you know, like they do it in the anchor. Oh, man and they film. had the brackets of what? Uh, yeah, like, like here, read whatever you put with, on the teleprompter. With him. Yeah, I, I think it's Steve Carell actually because he plays a prank on him and he just reads whatever's on the auto cue, right? So Biden done a real life anchor man where he read the teleprompter, which he struggles to do anyway. <laughs> But it comes to a bit and he says, repeat the line. Rather than repeating the line, he kind of pauses and then he says, repeat the line. And it's like, oh no, <laughs> you're not supposed to read that bit. I'm guessing like them bits are in a different colour or something. So you know, <laughs> don't read this bit. This is an instruction. But he's just read it. He's actually done a real life anchor man. Brilliant. And what a line to say as well. Repeat the line. Don't say that to Hunter. Because he will rack another one up. <laughs> so you had Biden make the terrible gaffe when he reads, repeat the line. Then you have him jacked up on whatever, delivering this speech where he doesn't blink once and he's being really intense and it's just like too overboard and everyone's like, what is wrong with his eyes? Why is he not blinking? One of the eyes was sort of slightly bigger than the other one or diff like one seemed slightly higher. Like He looked a bit like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> I remember that. Honestly, he, he just does not look great. And it's a mad clip, that one. Like, I was showing it to people that aren't even into conspiracy stuff, and they were going, that's not real. 
that's not the real Biden or even like the, having quite extreme even, there was part opinions. Of, part of his body that he looked wider than normal, like the shoulder length didn't look right. To be honest, I wasn't looking much at his body. His his face was all the distraction I needed for that one. I'm just looking at his eyes like, when's he going to blink? But what what is so hilarious is after that, after the can't blink Biden appears, then the next time you see him, he's just got this pair of aviator shades on. So the whole time, it's like they're just trying to fix this broken puppet. Like, well, we tried the drugs and... Uh, it's gone viral, sir. The trolls are out with a vengeance. They're now calling him Camp Blink Biden, and many people are saying that they think this is either a deep fake or he's been so pumped full of drugs. Let him just go with the deep fake <laughs> thing. We don't really want them to think he's been pumped full of drugs. He's like, get the aviators. <laughs> he just comes out like, with his giant pair of glasses on, so you now can't see his eyes. Oh, perfect. He can now read the auto cue and also have his eyes as wide as you like and you can't see him behind the shades it's perfect why not just literally put strings on this guy or have someone stick their hand up his bum and just puppeteer him <laughs> or or just turn the camera around and just give us the teleprompt just and we can just read it read it for him cut out the yeah. middleman yeah i've got no problem doing that the teleprompter is the president it comes out and, it's to, and everyone's clapping and it's literally just a teleprompter on wheels. Can't we just do that? Cut out the middleman. The middleman who can't do his one job, which is just read the teleprompter. That's Biden's true enemy. It's not like Trump or something. It's like yeah. every day he's putting on the aviators. And he's like, I'm going to beat you today, you bastard. He's like, he's hyping himself up for Trump. No, he's talking about the teleprompter. He hates that thing. He's his arch enemy. He's been in the fucking bathroom doing that whole eight mile thing. In the mirror. Again, sir. You will not get the best of me. I saw what you did with that repeat the line. It's supposed to be in yellow. It was blue. You changed it. I know you did. <laughs> or like the teleprompter has become sentient and is actually changing things. So repeat the line wasn't in the right color. Knowing that Biden's going to slip up and he's like, my chance for power is nearly here. <laughs> <laughs> when when Biden goes off script actually it's really insane like have you ever seen the clip where he's talking about kids touching his hairy legs and you don't want this guy to go off like although the teleprompter is his arch enemy it's also his best friend friend yeah you keep him in line with the machine <laughs> yeah it's like his second heart his mechanical heart his mechanical brain but a lot of people are saying there's multiple Bidens and when you do see th these photos side by side it doesn't seem like the same person. I mean, I don't really know what I think about that. Is, is, is there doubles? Is there clones? I mean, the deep fake and CGI part of it, like, yeah, for sure. So from The Guardian here, it says, Biden unveils extreme heat plan, but doesn't declare climate emergency. But he was close. All that matters is they put that phrase out there in a headline, climate emergency. Yes. When he does declare one, it won't seem as bad. You know what I mean? Because it's already been put out there again, like we were saying earlier, in the public consciousness, which is all they care about. Grooming our minds. Pre-programming us one by one. Facing the disintegration of his climate agenda as ferocious heat waves hit large parts of the world, Joe Biden has unveiled a new plan to push billions of dollars to US cities and states to help them cope better with extreme heat. The president stopped short, however, of declaring a climate emergency. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> 
Biden outlined the new actions in a speech on Wednesday at a former coal plant in Massachusetts, which is now part of an offshore wind farm project. As president, I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger, Biden said. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. And health of our citizens and our communities is literally at stake. That's a strong comment. The fact that he quotes a bloody good Harrison Ford film in there as well. (laughs) Better than Patriot Games. I mean, Patriot Games was okay. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty extreme, isn't it? Okay, he hasn't declared it an emergency, but he's also at the same time called it a clear and present danger. So, (laughs) what is it? (laughs) It's not an emergency, but it's definitely a clear and present danger. But the BBC News has a special article to talk to people like us, a.k.a. climate deniers. And it says here, climate change, how to talk to a denier. Well, I say patronising. Yeah, it is. Like, I deny climate is an actual thing. Well, of course it is. It's almost like how to talk to a sociopath or a narcissist or... (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like how to to talk to a denier. It's like talking to a child. You you have to treat them with cotton wool. Well, you know, know, they're not thinking straight. Don't use the wrong words or they won't understand you. It says here, what can you do when the people closest to you believe climate change is a hoax? As we said before, we're not saying that. They're missing out a key little part there, aren't they? Human-caused mm. climate change. Mm. We're not denying that the climate changes. That's mental. Yes. We're not even denying that humans have some effect on the climate. I'm sure we do. We're just denying the amount that they're saying. So it's, it's like so much more specific than just climate denier. It's like sort of calling someone like a COVID denier or no, an anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer, that's it's, the one. It's more like that because you're like, well, actually, no, I've had a load of vaccines already. I, I might be against all vaccines, but I might not be. So it says here, it was during... <laughs> It was during school pickup a few years ago that Lance Larson first asked his father about his views on global warming. He basically told me something along the lines of, it's nonsense, Lance recalls. So this is his dad saying that to him. His dad spoke of unscrupulous politicians fear-mongering for electoral gain. And like that's never been done before. Climate change, he told Lance, was completely overblown. Which is... I would agree with that. His dad's got some sense. But his little brat of a kid, Lance, now 21, lives with his father. (laughs) There he is in the picture here. He looks like his dad. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, he's he's at odds with his father because he's a nasty climate denier. Bastard. Living under his roof. (laughs) Paying all the bills. But what a bastard. He was just a teenager when that conversation happened, but it made a huge impression on him. My father is a very smart man, he says, so I assume that if my father is telling me this, then it must be true. But as time went on, Lance started realising his father's views weren't backed by scientific evidence, and he decided to challenge him. Whenever he drove me to school, I would give my own argument, and he would downplay the evidence. It would force me to acquire new evidence, and that cycle helped expand my own understanding. The whole thing was just to get back at his dad, basically. You know what? If he just one PS4, he didn't get at Christmas. Just one PlayStation 4, he didn't get at Christmas, and that was it. Dad, I'm coming for you. Both barrels. Yeah, I mean, if he's so bothered, why don't he walk to school or get a bike? <laughs> if he knew that much about the fucking climate change, why was I driving my diesel Jeep to school 
every day and he did not once mention yeah like he's not taking that into account like every time he's getting in his dad's car he's thinking perfect opportunity to give him an earful about climate change and his dad's like well get out and bloody walk then well I don't want to walk <laughs> and another thing <laughs> <laughs> I mean honestly the, the, the cheek of this kid his dad's paying all the bills like it, this like kid probably is like leaving the lights on all the time like get dad can I have a lift <laughs> Dad, can I watch late night porn downstairs on the big TV? So it then sort of goes off this story and starts to, starts to give us, you know, some advice here. If someone close to you believes climate change is a hoax, you may find it hard to do what Lance did. Be like Lance. Maybe you fear confrontation. Maybe you simply don't know how to explain the basic science of global warming. And there's like a simple guide to climate change that they're giving you links to. And it goes on to say, but Gail Whiteman, professor of sustainability at the University of Exeter, says it's important to talk. If we don't tackle climate denial and climate indifference, then the uphill battle to find a safer future is lost. We need to tackle our teachers, our neighbours. All of us have to become vessels for communication. Ah, see, but this is what we were saying on the truth side of this is that we need to open up the vessels of communication between people spreading the real truth that this could all just be just bollocks and it's almost like we're going to take that off you now it's all very religious is it isn't it again as well vessels for communication you know people call themselves like just a vessel for god or for a soul or christ just works through them like they're just a vessel just an instrument for god god And that's, again, it's like this religious sort of language. You should be vessels for communication, going out and telling people about the scientific climate change that cannot be questioned. Like we went into in the Trust the Science episode, science gets it wrong all the fucking time. All the time. And look at all the predictions that we went through at the start of this episode. Every one of them, not just wrong, is laughable Laughable. Like They got all their predictions for underwater cities, volcanoes erupting everywhere disappearing I mean, in a blue mist i mean what the hell <laughs> it might still happen but it, d- it definitely didn't happen in the 70s or no. whenever it said it was going to yeah. it's just madness like science can't be questioned are you, are you joking it, science has to be questioned constantly yeah. otherwise we're not ever going to progress but it's become a dogmatic religion that you cannot question and if you do you're a really bad person and you must be punished or silenced. You know, Stephen Hawking is turning in his grave right now. Turning in his grave? I mean, he couldn't move about much. Vibrating. So it goes on to say, reciting the facts isn't always the answer. And a professor here of social psychology, what a surprise. I mean, it's all social the, psychologists that are behind everything that's happening at the moment. All the people. Like the nudge unit and all these social manipulations that are happening, whether it's COVID or this climate gender, that's where it all comes from. Social psychologists. So this guy says, people get sucked into conspiracy theories. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Not using our eyes and ears. (laughs) He says years of research have shown him that confronting people with hard evidence is not the way to go. While it might be tempting to try to bluntly fight conspiracy theories with facts, there's a very high chance it backfires. Telling people that they don't know what they're talking about or that they're wrong just creates more defensive responses. I mean, I would agree with this advice, but the fact they're giving people advice, like, this is how you talk to people, this is how you battle people that are going against this, is kind of like, 
arming them in an information war, saying, look, yeah. you you have to be a vessel of communication of us yeah. and of the agenda, agenda, and this is how you win it's an argument your, or not, silence your opponent. Yeah, it's not your own personal. You're almost using... You're just some, a vessel. You're, you're just using someone else's sword and shield. It's not you yeah. armed with your own information, your own sovereignty of free will and nature to make those own decisions for yourself to how you would choose to defend yourself. These guys are saying, we've got you all covered. We'll tell you what to say. say. They're even like telling you word for word. If someone says this to you, this is how you reply. See, see, I haven't got that with anyone who wants to talk. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about that. I, I'm quite happy to listen to anyone in any way. And, and, I, and I wouldn't start pressing all the hardcore stuff that I know. I just... I want to have a conversation. I'd let them have their peace. That's the thing. How the conversation nearly always goes, whether it's COVID or climate change or whatever, you will challenge it. They get angry or frustrated. They might fire a few questions back at you. You get into the discussion because you want to have a discussion. You want to say, say your piece because you're confident in your beliefs about it. They will get really flustered and then say, I don't want to talk about this. That's what happens every single time. They always have to shut the argument down because they know they can't win it. wonder if this guy actually suggests that because that's how they usually go, these, these combos. So Lance goes on to say, there is a common misconception that people who don't believe that climate change is real are stupid or uneducated. Okay. Yeah. But there are a lot of people out there who are just naturally sceptical as part of their personality. They're untrusting. His father, Brian, is one of them. Bastard. He grew up in rural Minnesota in the 1970s. It was incredibly cold, Brian says, and this made it hard for him to believe scientists who spoke of a warming planet. But the planet's not warming, Lance. So, hasn't, been, hasn't warmed up for the last eight years and all the predictions about the ice caps melting and us going up in balls of flames have, haven't happened, so... Well, the, the irony is, was it not warming up in Minnesota then? Oh, it was so cold up here, made it hard for me to study if the planet was getting warmer or not. Well, you would know because Minnesota would have been getting warmer, wouldn't it? Or the ice would be melting. Melting. <laughs> Don't matter where, the fucking, where you are on the planet, mate. If the planet's warming up, it's warming up. It says here, Lance says that his father was a very religious man, so he asked him to assume that climate change might be real and questioned whether he wouldn't then have a moral responsibility to take care of what God had provided. Okay, yeah. He's gone for the... Gone for the religious jugular. Yeah. Mm. I'll get him right where it hurts. Lance spoke in a language that I could appreciate and understand, says Brian. You have to approach people in terms of where they're at. He believes that changing the minds of climate deniers is impossible without affirming, to some extent, their worldview. It's important to expose techniques of manipulation by asking questions such as, have you considered that some of these theories might be created to take advantage of people? Wow, what an inversion there. Yeah. The biggest inversion of all. Well, it's such an inversion because you look at all the ways that the climate change agenda takes advantage of people, like whether it's going to be climate change lockdowns, carbon tax, switching to electric cars. I mean, you know, all these sacrifices that people would have to make and the freedoms being taken away from them, the constant, incessant centralisation of power that would eventually lead to, I imagine, some kind of a world government to tackle the worldwide problem of climate change. Like, compare all of that to looking at conspiracy theories and being taken advantage of how exactly? Having to watch adverts on the YouTube videos? 
Maybe someone trying to sell you their book. I mean, I'll take that over a load of like megalomaniacs who want to literally control every myopic detail of my life and enlist me in some sort of slave society where I can't move without them like electric prodding me up my ass. It's just insane. How could these theories be taking advantage of people? Honestly, filling their mind with garbage. Turn on the modern day TV channel at 6pm on a Saturday night and you see the garbage you can fill your head with. So it says here, no one likes to be talked down to. And the same goes for someone engaging with climate change denial. Engaged. Climate change denial. Engaged. Action mode. You can't convince someone if they perceive that there's a powerful differential, says Professor Linden. The whole point of a conspiracy is the idea there are these powerful elites conspiring against us. Because if they're not, it would be so naive. It's more of a conspiracy to say that that wouldn't be happening. Yes. It's been proven many, many times in the past. Look at these people's backgrounds. Look at their histories. They meet up in secret, and we know that. Yeah. Like, what are they doing at the Bilderberg meeting? What are they all doing over at Bahamian Grove, then? Yeah, we don't know, but therefore, so they are conspiring then. Because that's literally the definition of they're meeting up and talking in secret and we don't know what they're talking about. And they could be talking talking about anything. Yeah, what is that if that's not conspiring? The biggest conspiracy in the world that you could be out of your mind for thinking is that the government cares about you and world elites aren't conspiring together. If you look at how some of the ones have become some of the richest players on the planet and look at the platforms they're involved in, green energy, food, gates in the farmland, uh, Musk now, car batteries, including all the sort of his ideas for Neuralink in the future. These very people, these, these powerful elites, clearly might not be conspiring against you, but they're conspiring something because they've got some big visions for you for the future and you didn't agree to any of them. It goes back to saying Lance's close bond with his dad is something he believes was key to persuading him. This is the the kid in the car rides with his dad. But he also says it's important to check your tone. Ask yourself, am I sounding sanctimonious? Remain humble. Be gentle. Be gentle. Oh, little tickle. A little bit of climate change. Ease in. Be gentle. Is it worth it, it asks. Falling down the rabbit hole of conspiratorial thinking can be a long process, taking months or even years. Thinking you'll win someone over with a single one-off conversation is simply not realistic. You have to be content with small wins and compromise. This is unfair because it's like our Bible to how yeah, we, right. we sort of have to deal with our family members and now it's being used against me. Yeah, the whole thing's just an inversion because... I'm actually relating to a lot of this because I'm like, well, yeah, when I'm trying to tell people the truth, whether it's about a pandemic or climate change or a whole host of things, like these are the kind of techniques that I'm trying on them. It's just so yeah, I didn't inverted. To, I didn't have to read a BBC guide to know this stuff. Yeah, this right. is just yeah, yeah. common knowledge. You become so robotic, you need the BBC to tell you how to be with people. Yeah, it says some experts question whether talking to climate change deniers is really worth it. Cut them out of your family. Well, if you haven't got time for me, I haven't got time for you. Yeah, right. With time and patience, Lance managed to convince his father that climate change was real, so much so that he was surprised by his own success. One time, my dad came down the stairs in the middle of the night, so enthused after watching a documentary about deforestation, that he was like, Lance, you won't believe what's going on in the rainforest. 
It was a breathtaking moment to see him so engaged. But that's a different issue, isn't it? Well, we spoke about that we, earlier. We know. Th- that's the corporations cutting down the rainforest. We know that's going to add to the fucking up of the planet. We're not denying that. I know. And they've just umbrellaed the whole thing. So if you say you specifically don't agree with human-caused climate change and they're using it as part of a larger agenda to take our freedoms away and centralise power, people go, what, you, so you think dumping stuff in the ocean and cutting down the rainforest is good then? You're like, you're not getting it! But that's because they're reading articles like this where, where it's, it's merging everything together. So it's like everything is just blanketed. Put it this way, yes, you do have a carbon footprint, of course you do, because you're the carbon life form, but the average person to what, say, like we said, a corporation's footprint, if we want to use this loose term, is astronomically different. So it has to start from the top. It has to start with, like, corporations being the ones that take the biggest hit, not your poor man in the street. So we wanted to kind of offer our counter advice in how to speak to a climate change enforcer, I guess you'd call them, if we're climate change deniers, climate change enforcers. And a lot of people will, you know, hit you with, well, of course the planet's getting hotter and climate change is a real thing. You know, we've recently had temperatures that are the hottest since records began. But the the key question to fire back at them then is, well, when did records begin? Because if you look at it, it's not that long ago. I mean, it says here modern global record keeping was roughly introduced 137 years ago in 1880. Well, zoom out a little further. (laughs) Because when you zoom out and look at the planet over millions or billions of years... Or even just a few hundred years or 500 years or 1,000 years. Yeah, right. So, like, you zoom way out and we know about the Ice Age that came after the dinosaurs and there's been, like, lots of, like, mini Ice Ages and mini warm periods because that's how the planet works. It goes in cycles. And there was even, like, a a warm period in medieval times known as the medieval warm period where temperatures were way hotter than they are today. And then, obviously, in that warm period, they also had the drop as well that then ended in that cold period they had for 60 years that decimated about 40% of the population of Europe somewhere in the 14th century. Yeah. So that, that was just a snap cold period that followed a very long warm period. And There's... I'm pretty sure they didn't have massive coal factories and drilling oil rigs out in those times. Well, that's the point. It's like David Icke jokes, like what caused the medieval warm period turbocharged handcarts. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, unless the planet just goes in cycles. It has warm periods. It has cold periods. Oh, and when you zoom right out, oh, lo and behold, that is what it is. Yeah. Right, okay. It's just solar activity. Like everything else on the planet, it's just a cycle. It's just nature. Another inversion. They want to demonise nature itself and make out that we're to blame for the climate changing and it's going to kill us all. There was a mini ice age when people used to ice skate on the Thames. Like you can see it on old Christmas cards and things, like scenes of the Thames, where not only are people ice skating, that they, they used to have like Christmas markets on the ice. That's how thick the ice was. That's how confident mm. they were that it wasn't going to break. Can you imagine that now? That's mental. But that's how cold it was there. There was a point where you could grow grapes in England yeah. successfully. You could grow vines and we were producing our own wine and stuff like that. It's really difficult to do that here now. It's not impossible. We have to get our grapes from other places. The same with 
wine or like wines imported from Italy or France or whatever. So I like a Chilean red, if I'm honest. <laughs> so you were talking up earlier about the summer of 76 when we had like a minister of, of drought. Like you said, you don't have to zoom out too far to see, well, the temperature does change and climate change is a natural thing. And, oh yeah, it was a lot warmer in the medieval warm period. And then there was a mini ice age. And there, I'm sure there'd be a mini ice age again. And I'm sure there'd be another warm period again. But I'm sure we'd cope with it until there is an actual bloody ice age. <laughs> yeah, humans don't really have much to do with it. Because... Like when compared to the sun... <laughs> Like we don't really have that much of a say over how hot the planet is. The sun would just have to like do a little fart, like, and it just like a solar flare would come out, and that would like, <laughs> just completely destroy us or increase the temperatures so much that humans couldn't dream of having that impact on the planet just from a little sun fart. I think that's the technical I mean, term for them: sun farts. But like you said, it's solar flares. Sorry. Solar flares, but it's out of our control. I mean, if it's a planetary thing. Well, George Carlin, the late great comedian, when when he used to talk about saving the planet, he used to say, you know, the planet, if it got sick of us, it would just shake us off like a bad case of the fleas. We don't need to save the planet. The planet's going nowhere. You know, like when you watch like one of these sort of neo-apocalyptic movies where like humanity has died out for 50, 100 years or something. What does the landscape look like? The plants have taken over. Like you yeah. can kind of see, like the remnants of like old buildings, and buildings stuff, yeah. and skyscrapers. But nature's almost taken it all over. Give it a few other hundred years, you know, it will completely be destroyed. At one point, there'd be no trace that we were even here. Yeah, you like think of even like your own garden or something. You leave it unattended. <laughs> yeah, it would just go <laughs> it, mad. Yeah, it, it becomes like a, well, like a zoo. Well, it's like, it's, I think what Colin was trying to say was, yeah, take a look at yourself first and you, you how you treat people and you treat yourself and then the planet will get better. That will, that, will, that will in turn save the environmental issues that we do have. Another point as well is regarding how they measure temperatures because most of the technology that they use to measure temperatures is at airports. Mm like near the hot tarmac runways and planes. Well, don't you think it might be hotter there? <laughs> On black tarmac. Yeah, with like God knows what sort of heat kicking heat off the planes, planes that's true. themselves. So they're quite clearly, I would say, purposefully putting these temperature readers at places that they know are going to be really hot. Well, even in that first BBC article, they said... The temperature measured at Heathrow Airport in the UK. So it wasn't by Skegness or down in Bournemouth on the coast. With a nice breeze. Nice breeze, yeah. <laughs> from the channel. Yeah, no, it did. And that's where they all are. Yeah. And that's suspicious as fuck as well. So another thing as well that climate change enforces, never take into account, never factor it in, same as Extinction Rebellion, is geoengineering. So they're talking about climate change, and more specifically, human-caused climate change. But when humanity actually meddles with the climate, which is called geoengineering, they don't care about it. And they're just like, no, that's a conspiracy. So the one thing that is, is actually human-caused climate change, they don't care about. The first knock out of the park is, well, that's a conspiracy. I said, well, it's not, because there was a treaty signed by all the nations to say they wouldn't use the weather in warfare against each other. 
Didn't say anything about using weather against their own people, though. Pretty sure that was left off the treaty. But yeah. we, we know but what, that exists. So why that... would that treaty exist if they couldn't use weather as a weapon or couldn't like manipulate the weather? And we know that they can manipulate the weather. Because in China, for example, they openly boasted about how they made sure the weather was lovely and didn't rain during the Olympics. Yeah. So we know they can do that. And if you've never heard or seen of a big weather manipulation site, type in HARP into Google and go look at that place out in Alaska that's huge and that's some sort of crazy weird weather station that's got nothing to do with reading weather I guarantee it and chemtrails as well again a lot of people straight away would be like oh that's a conspiracy they're just contrails out of planes but contrails from planes disappear I mean we were talking about this earlier it's a cloudless day today and it's like blistering heat outside I've got to say but before this heat wave, I was going outside in the park just opposite my house and the sky was like a cobweb of chemtrails. They were everywhere. And unlike contrails, they don't just disappear out the back of the plane and then by the time the plane is out of sight, the contrails disappeared. No, these ones stay in the air and then they spread out. Yeah, they like to get over wider time. and larger. Mm. Yeah. And then when enough of them spread out altogether, the cobweb of trails in the sky kind of disappears and then it's just this mist that covers the sky and blocks out the sun. The haze. It's like the haze it leaves behind. Like yeah, a, like it's like haze. a toxic haze <laughs> on a summer's day. But it's happening. It's so crazy that people can call something a conspiracy that you can see with your own eyes. You're like, no, 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 you can see it. No, that's not happening. They're even denied something that they can see. Well, I've got a good enough memory to know when I was younger, or when we were younger, that the skies in the summertime did not look like that. No. And you've never seen a painting of, like, clouds where, where it looks like that. <laughs> it's just not normal. It's not natural. Oh, Da Vinci really went to town <laughs> on the clouds on this, on this massive piece here. Yeah, went really all noughts and crosses, didn't he? But you kind of wonder, is that why we're having this heat wave now? I mean, they could just be taking advantage of us having a hot summer and mm. using that to push the climate agenda. But it could have been geoengineered to be this way. Because well, we know about cloud seeding. We know about this idea yeah. that they can stop it from raining, which is the main issue at the moment. It hasn't rained. If it had rained, it wouldn't be so dry and hot and unbearable. Exactly. We, we need a rainstorm. But who's to say that they couldn't meddle with the cycle of weather to stop a natural rainstorm occurring? Well, this is the biggest argument because they say what we're causing, we're the ones causing the problem, like human-caused climate change. But what if they're the ones that have already got full control of the weather systems and they're just the ones that are stopping it from raining at the moment? We talked about... We Blaming heard, it on us. We, we talked about, we heard about the farmers on the radio talking about in the UK, crops are going to be smaller come August and the wintertime because of lack of water for the root vegetables that we sell and grow in this country. Good old blighty. Still doing a few things. Get all our strawberries from France, from Spain now, don't we? But, <laughs> but you know, we, uh, we know that there's going to be issues caused from having this very dry summer that's unavoidable the pastures for cattle uh, grazing for meat is going to affect the meat markets as well so we are going to see one thing we know we are going to see from this weather whether we like it or not is the rise of the cost of living once again hmm. that is the common outcome there's going to be a rise of the cost of living so same as covid and same as the conflict in ukraine and everything, everything else, else that's happening at the moment everything else coincidence i think not 
When you think about it, it's just using silent weapons for quiet wars, like the title of the book about this very thing. They're using weather as a weapon, the same as they're using, say, the jabs as biological warfare. Like at the moment, they've got like biological warfare going on, economic warfare, psychological warfare with the fear mongering, the propaganda, and then weather modification. That's just like another weapon in their arsenal. It's just another card they can play. So why wouldn't they play it? They can't use tanks and planes and bombs and guns. Mm-hmm. It's like that cranberry song. <laughs> with their guns and their bombs and their tanks. No, but they if if they can't use conventional. If they can't use conventional war tactics and they can only use silent weapons, you know, they're going to use everything at their disposal and the weather is just another thing. Another thing to achieve, what a surprise, exactly the same ends. Oh, the price of everything going up. People can have to have smaller families. You're going to have to cut down on your holidays, your bills. You're going to have to scrimp and save a bit more. You can't eat as much meat. You're going to have to do more hours in the factory. Of course, there will be lockdowns, just like there was with COVID. Carbon tax. You'll have to switch to electric, but you don't mind. It's all about saving the planet. So to end on another classic George Carlin quote, which kind of sums it all up nicely. This is from one of his stand-up shows. He says, everybody's got to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. And the greatest arrogance of all, save the planet. What? Are these fucking people kidding me? Save the planet? We don't even know how to take care of ourselves yet. It's exactly what you were saying earlier. We haven't learned how to care for one another. We're going to save the fucking planet? Besides, there's nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. Now, I would take that a step further and say, it's not the people that are fucked. It's not us. It's not you and me. That's what they want us to believe, believe the powers yeah. that be. It's all our fault. It's not the people that are fucked. It's the people running our planet and the people that are puppet mastering the ones that look like they're calling the shots, but really they're just serving an agenda that is the same slave agenda being pushed through the fake pandemic. Well, we said the biggest point of this whole end of this whole thing is it looks like, once again, just another attack on the human race. Yeah, and another weapon in their arsenal that they're using against us. Even the weather. Nothing is sacred to these people. You know what they say, when it rains, it fucking pours. you enjoyed that episode of the schism we've got plenty more episodes on the way in the meantime follow us on our instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies